The questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. Charles Bukowski once said, The problem with the world is that the intelligent people are full of doubts, while the stupid ones are full of confidence. In less than one year, a so-called free society was brought to its knees with draconian regulations. Fortunately, many are pushing back. They know we are more than them. We know this latest false flag is disintegrating, and now they're trying to perpetuate the fear with the Greek alphabet and the new so-called variants. But I know you, my dear listener. You can still think logically, critically, and objectively. You know they're always waiting to introduce the next item on their menu. Climate change. I'm not advocating to ignore taking care of our environment, but one thing is for sure, we are being blamed for perhaps what is a natural occurrence, perhaps caused by the different cycles of solar maximums and minimums. What if this so-called pandemic was introduced to weaken society by destroying the world's economy and keeping the masses in fear to get rid of the frail and weak? What if the next chapter that gets us closer to Agenda 2030, smart cities and geofencing is urban heat islands to displace the population into smart cities. These SKPs will become refugees, or rather climate refugees, not only in the United States, but all over the world. Is your city in their crosshairs? Stay with us. You are listening to Veritas. If this is your first time, welcome home. To listen to tonight's full interview and all of our material, join the Veritas family and click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. You can make your purchase with a credit card, PayPal, cash, check, money order, and even cryptocurrency. We are now accepting Bitcoin, Litecoin, and Ethereum. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for Focused Life Force Energy, MMS, CBD Pure Hemp Oil, Pure Organic Sulfur, Flash drives with all our Sanitas and Veritas seasons, and other great products. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. And if you're listening on YouTube, like, subscribe, and share it. And click the bell to be notified when new interviews are available. And now, here's your host, Mel Hostelrick. Tonight's special guest is Matt Landman, and he says, quote, I never thought I would be an activist, but I guess that's life. One door closes, another door opens. For me, at work, so many different jobs and spent so much of my life in a classroom that I just wanted to get grounded and learn about growing food. I worked on a farm, and there I opened my eyes for the first time to the Frankenskies we never knew. For the day I realized something abnormal was occurring in our skies. I was driven to do something about it. Through my devotion and passion, I've realized incredible traction via social media. My goal is very simple. It is unity. Truth is all-embracing, and our strength comes from this bond we all share. End quote. You can watch his film for free. It's titled Frankenskies. And you can watch it at frankenskiesthemovie.com. He's working on a sequel titled Frankenskies 2, Climate Chains. Tonight we'll discuss quote unquote climate change, 5G, and much more. His websites are actualactivists.com 
and his EMF protection clothing line is at sparrowprotectionclothing.com. All these websites are on ours at veritasradio.com. And from somewhere in the Pacific Northwest, I'd like to welcome Matt Landman back to Veritas. Hello, Matt, and welcome back. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Frankenskies 2, just to let you know, is in the works. It won't be done for a little while. And I'm in Oregon, I'm happily, and I'm smoke-free right now, even though a lot of Oregon is on fire. Yeah. And I know you're in tu- I know you're in Tucson, and I'm and I'm happy to be on the show again. I really appreciate it. It's funny being an activist. You live day to day. You just keep plugging along every day, and you learn to wear many hats. And um, that intro that you read is partly something I wrote such a long time ago. It feels like it's just been a few years, really. But I, it's it's funny because we evolved so fast, we changed so fast that. That's like a distant memory having written that. So thanks for reading it. And thank you for having me on. Absolutely. My pleasure. Matt, what's on the tip of your spear now? Because every time you and I talk and I follow you on Facebook, I see your posts, your lives and so on. Uh, you are on the tip of the spear all the time looking over the precipice. Where are we today? What are we going to be discussing today? Oh, well, there's so much with, of course, 5G and it's rolling zouts. And depending on what platforms this will hit, we could talk about the ongoing uh, pandemic and also these fires, because that's part of my film, the, the problem, reaction, solution, Hegelian dialectic of the climate chains. That's why the movie's called Frankenstein's Two Climate Chains, not change, because it is a enslavement of humanity, basically to trick humanity into thinking that these fires that are purposefully set through geoengineering and arsonists, they're being blamed on our carbon emissions, essentially. And then what's the solution to that geoengineering, the dimming of the sun, which, I, you know, I came down to Tucson to prevent that experiment from happening a few years ago, and that was a great success. But now the experiment with Bill Gates and the Harvard professor, David Keith, they've moved it to Sweden, and that's on the horizon next year, next May or June in Sweden, they look to dim the sun to show us that chemtrails work because of all these fires and what have you. So it's an interesting unraveling of the New World Order tentacles all throughout. I mean, we could talk about all sorts of stuff, but that's that's where my expertise is lying. And especially, I don't want to miss these. So I have these EMF protective silver foam bags, and we need to talk about how all of a sudden they stopped working right when COVID happened last year. And so there's an interesting uh, parallel there that we can discuss as well. So there's a lot to talk about. Let's begin with these fires, California, Oregon. Is there a connection? Let me preface this by saying for about 20 years now, we've seen the skies. They're not the same as the ones that I grew up with. And even Hollywood is changing a lot of DVDs. They're inserting skies into old movies so that people think, oh, this, that's, that's normal. It always happened. Is there a connection with chemtrails and what they're spraying, the fires and these droughts? Yes, definitely. Yes, yes, and yes. And explaining that in my sequel will, will be a very important step for the realization and awakening of humanity. So firstly, the constituents of the chemtrails are aluminum oxide and barium salts. And these are out of NASA uh, admittedly, and then slowly but surely, they'll be telling us that these are what work best to dim our sun. And so they are kind of like reverse engineering 
the lies for us so that we can accept them, even though they've been doing it for a couple of decades. But what are these constituents? They're fire accelerants. Fire accelerants. Aluminum, oxide, and barium salts are patented fire accelerants. They're being sprayed on our forests. And also through the weather engineering programs, they're causing drought, purposely causing drought, quelling storms. The, the, the way, the reason that I even woke up to all of this is I witnessed drought causation. We were expecting a massive storm on the farm that I was working on, and all these planes showed up. It was an irregular occurrence of an abnormal uptick of air traffic, and all these planes had these persistent linear cirrus cloud formations coming out of the back, these chemtrails. And what I later learned is if you spray aluminum, you can dissipate clouds. You can dissipate the moisture. It's like the opposite of cloud seeding. You can spray things to make rain. You can spray things to not make rain. You can use uh, heart-based stations, ionospheric heaters, and these Nexrad now is advanced heart technology to superheat the atmosphere in conjunction with the chemtrails, to create high pressure, to steer jet streams. This Austin weather event that happened a few months ago, that was engineered. We've even got a crazy heat wave that just hit the Pacific Northwest once in a thousand years, and that was all engineered with bending and manipulation of the heat wave and causing high pressure bubbles to be trapped and then superheating them with with the chemtrails so they create the drought they blame us and then they say that they've got the solution which is engineering the weather it's it's quite a it's 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 for people that know the truth it's quite a kick in the face but just to talk about the fires i don't know if you've done a show or heard about the Lytton bc um no, what happened up there? But then in British Columbia, oh, all the fires and all the uh, the uh, what do you call it? The, the uh, lightning strikes that happened so quickly. Yes, and there was a town of 250 people in Lytton, L Y T T O N, British Columbia. It just happened about 10 days ago. But there was a is a is a town of primarily First Nations Indigenous um, people, and there was a doctor there giving out the current vaccine, and. As a Moderna vaccine, and he was he was t- telling the province, the government, that there was a lot of um, a statistical anomaly, like way too many people were having adverse reactions. And the province told him to shut up. He started getting kind of loud and was becoming this whistleblower. And then, coincidence or not, the town burned down overnight, just a couple, like about ten days ago now, maybe maybe two weeks ago. And that was just one of ex- these examples of these t- these forest fires, supposed forest fires that aren't burning up trees as much, but they're totally pulverizing homes and leaving them dustified while the bushes surrounding the homes are sitting there untouched. And I believe this is a use of electro warfare, utilizing smart meters and surging the smart meters to create electrical fires. And I think even the chemtrails are used as well because you, you steer the wind. You know, once the fires are going, they create wind storms on top of these fires when they could be creating rain on top of the fire just quite the opposite of what you think the people would be doing and so it's like pretty nefarious once you start to realize what's going on so to answer your question it's it's yes all around like we can create rain we don't we create they create drought instead and then these fires the fires can be started on the ground level which we see these arson cases but also lightning can be precipitated with the use of lasers these patents go back 20, 30 years now. And if you watch the movie Frankenskies, which is a chronological timeline of weather modification history, it starts in the early 1920s, the film, and it goes all the way to 2017, which is when it was um, conceived or the inception of the film. It, 
um, was released in 2017. But by the time you get to the 60s, it's quite evident that we can control and manipulate storms. And why don't they quell hurricanes and tornadoes instead of exacerbating them? You know, the question is pondered. But at the end of the day, it seems like there's an agenda afoot. And we know China and perhaps Russia, they have weather manipulation technology to to create rain or, or vice versa. And China displayed that uh, technology during the last their last Olympics to stop the rain. But let me just say this one second about chemtrails. You mentioned barium and aluminum. If Folks, if you look at a periodic table and you look at the abbreviation, of course, barium is B-A and aluminum is A-L. Put those together. What do you get? Ball a false god, or idol. Do you think this is coincidence, or are they telling us something? I've seen that association. And, you know, they also spray strontium and titanium and cadmium yes. and lithium at times and um, nickel and all sorts of different things. Um, do I believe there's an evil, nefarious agenda? Yes. So is it coincidence at the end of the day? Nothing's coincidence. I don't even think it's coincidence that, I mean, there's so many layers to this um, pandemic scam, but when we're walking into the grocery store and at, I mean, I don't know what the regulations are everywhere. It's different now. That's what they're preventing humanity from gathering together under one, uh, in, like basically the COVID thing right now, as I see it is we would all rally together if we were under the same boot, under the same, um, implication like we're not being told to do the same things like in japan versus new zealand versus the uk versus where i live everyone's being subject to different rules and so now is different than it was for me a month ago but a month ago i was being handed a one-time use medical mask to walk into a grocery store and as i looked up that one-time use medical mask is lined with polytetrafluoroethylene ptfe which is actually synthetic fluoride it's a teflon mask so i'm been, i'm ha being handed a one-time use medical mask and at the door I, it says in trance because i'm looking into a lot of word magic recently and there's no coincidence that we're being subconsciously told to be put into a trance while we're being handed a one-time use medical mask to huff fluoride polytetrafluoroethylene you know there's it's all linked together and once you study the fluoride and the connection to the aluminum and the aluminum and all the different constituents it's no wonder everyone's getting sick and the, every, and the iqs are dropping and people are willing to take authority as the truth rather than truth as the authority and by the way i know sometimes we talk about china here all the time i want you to know folks that i have nothing against the chinese people at all i love them but it the, the, the ccp that i'm always against and by the way prayers for the people in china i just got this information this morning and what a horror over there dams are breaking but in the last 24 hours the main subway trains in northern china were flooded at rush hour people on cell phones inside trains some got out and walked The service, the service paths out of the tunnels, nightmarish videos of water rising up above windows from inside and knee deep water. Have you followed this? This is new. I've seen some of it. And I've also seen uh, recent uh, Lim Litmus, UK, and also German yes, uh, cities being completely flooded. And uh, when you know that the weather is controlled, I can't help but think that this is a push to get the the population on board with uh, controlling the weather, so that you know they 
it's 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 right back to that climate change problem reaction solution when if they're if they're actually pulling the trigger and pulling the strings and making these adverse weather events at the end of the day they're going to say well maybe we have a solution for these problems but after putting the public through hell it's not fair this is what i'm about to say may sound conspiratorial to a lot of people but anything is possible what we discussed last year a lot of people said oh that's conspiracy and now it's proven to be fact but entertain this, Matt, and let me know what you think. What if the following is what is really taking place? How do you control the United States and the world? You assist in a virus release resulting in the population to decrease the number of starving people as, quote-unquote, global weather patterns change due to a 25-year deep grand solar minimum. So, okay, well, what's interesting about the um, the use of the weather to dismantle the population is they say that geoengineering will reduce the population by like 10 to 15 percent and they want to normalize that so through the normalization of geoengineering they are basically and telling people that well there's food shortages and we have all these problems they want to dim the sun and then there will be food shortages right they say now that we need gmo and that there's population uh, crowding and all this stuff and that we're overpopulated, which isn't even true. But they'll normalize these fears to be able to push the geoengineering concern and then it won't be so bad when there is loss of life. The grand solar minimum, I'm not surely convinced on because a lot of that data comes from NASA. I don't really trust NASA. They have a chemtrail program, C-A-R-E. They call it CARE, Charged Aerosol Release Experiment program. They have a fleet of planes and drones and they publicly spray, literally with spraying nozzles. They publicly do it. They spray aluminum, strontium, and barium in the atmosphere to quote, use the atmosphere as a laboratory. And with that budget of $52 million a day, NASA has a budget of $50 million a day, they spray camping trails and then they also release the data on the grand solar minimum, which I think is kind of a divisive tactic to get people, especially in the truth community, confused on to whether chemtrails are good or bad because there's a lot of talk that the chemtrails create a purposeful greenhouse effect to actually offset the grand solar minimum, which I don't think the chemtrails are at all a good thing. I think they've, they're 100% nefarious. They've always been so. But to, but to infiltrate the truthers and to tell them you know, whisper, whisper, actually chemtrails are good. That can dismantle a lot of activism, in my opinion. In your years studying chemtrails and geoengineering, have you gotten to the bottom of it? Because a lot of the questions I had many years ago still linger. Who's piloting these planes? Are they even piloted or manned or they could be remote controlled? And what country or what extra or supra government entity is really dealing with them? Because I really don't think that it's one country in particular. Oh, well, definitely. I have a lot of answers. I still have a lot of questions, but I've dug really deep. And the question of who and are they manned? Well, right now at this juncture to 2021, a lot of these, most of them, the planes that we see spraying, they're drones. There's fleets of drones. I mean, NASA barium release rocket patents go back to the 1970s. So the 70s and 80s, they were practicing and patenting and perfecting these rockets that release plumes of barium. You know, they're not manned. They never were. And now they're 
they're very like well designed and Boeing has been cranking out these drones for quite some time. But as an activist or truth seeker, uh, truth thinker, we want to know who, what, why, where, when, how on any of these topics before we can feel comfortable conveying the message to our friends, families and peers, because they want to find that one question that we don't know the answer to and then be like, ah, you don't know all the answers. I found this on Wikipedia. Here's the truth. And then you've been dismantled and, you know, nobody wants to do that. So the a lot of the who, what, why, where, when, how gets kind of muddied in the chemtrail space because there's so many ongoing programs hidden in plain sight. It's not just the U.S. military. It, like I said, it's NASA. There's also the Department of Energy. There's the Stratospheric Aerosol Injection Program, SAI, through the CIA. There's SPICE Program, Stratospheric Particle Injections for Climate Engineering. That's an ongoing ongoing spraying program, geoengineering. There's SRM, sol- Solar Radiation Management, to dim the sky through Harvard, and they're slowly normalizing it and the launch of it publicly, but they're going to try to do it with balloons and say they haven't been doing it with planes the whole time. And like I said, there's the NASA charged aerosol release experiment. But to really get into the nitty gritty, there's the Department of Energy. In 2001, there's a document that was released called the Tropospheric Aerosol Program Department of Energy Program, TAP, Tropospheric Aerosol Program. The troposphere is a, a layer of the atmosphere that's really close to us where um, the the spraying or the weather manipulation is like at a ground level and it would uh, be the air that we actually breathe. The Department of Energy released this 100-page document detailing how they want to control the troposphere and they have planes and drones spraying chemicals in the atmosphere. So that answers a lot of the who, what, why, where, when, how. Why would the Department of Energy want to spray and filter sunlight so we don't get so much sunlight probably because dirty oil billion and trillion dollar industries oil and coal they didn't want solar power solar power to proliferate so that makes a lot of sense they're really greedy and those people are 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 always pretty evil and if you look at the global warming um, scamdemic you see that the opposition to global warming because they always control the opposition when they're really smart you know the opposition to global warming the naysayers the ones that are out there saying global warming isn't real it's exxon and mobile so they're literally controlling the opposition you know these the 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 department of energy and then you can see if you look at this uh document from right before 9-11 so we're about to have one of the biggest distractions humanity's ever had september 11th 2001 and right before that, in 2001, the Tropospheric Aerosol Program was publicly released through this document. You can just look it up, T-A-P-D-O-E-P-D-F. And in this very wordy, elaborate article, they talk about precursor gases, the, the gases that are sprayed in the atmosphere before the other chemicals are sprayed. And if you start to really sink your teeth into it, you learn that a contrail is really a con. And there's no humidity coming out of these engines. These engines are outfitted in the 1960s. They're just turbines. Like if you see a plane with propeller on it, that's just wind being propelled with with a you know a fan. You know these are propellers. The engines, these Rolls Royce two ton titanium and steel supposed engines, they're just turbofans. There's big fans turning. There's no hot air coming out of the back. When the plane goes through a flock of birds, they're not getting singed or cooked or anything. There's no hot air. So this idea that there's humidity coming out of the back, there's a contrail, there's a chemtrail, what's the difference? No, they're all chemicals. And in the Department of Energy Tropospheric Aerosol Program document, 
when they talk about precursor gases, you start to learn that there's this elaborate orchestra in the sky where they spray certain gases to prime the sky. I like to call them primer planes. And those, those trails usually look really short. They're shorter trails. And then the disinformation campaign will tell you, oh, wait, those are, those are humidity. Those are humid. That, that's the you know, contrails. And then the longer ones are the ones to question. No, the longer ones are the ones that are mixing the chemicals with the chemicals that have already been sprayed, which are the shorter and the more medium trails. You can start to put it together if you just look at the sky. A lot of people don't want to just look up every single day. But if you do, every single day look at your sky, you'll start to really notice the beautiful blue days with the fluffy white clouds and then the days that other things are going on and there's an elaborate orchestra of zigzagging planes in the sky. To know who's flying it and who's doing what is really difficult. And now there's so much black ops money and black budget money. After 9-11, so many things went secret, you know, that they that nobody really knows where all the money's going. And when you've got NASA getting $52 million a day and they're and they're lying through their teeth, in my opinion, in Operation Paperclip, you know, NASA was set up from the get-go to be pretty nefarious if you learn about their their history. So don't be afraid, everyone, to not know the who, what, why, where, when, how. You know, you can start to learn some of it and at least know some of it. But chemtrails alone is such a big, dirty word. It means so much. It's not just geoengineering, weather modification. It's also experimenting on the public with lithium. Or in the film Frankenskies, once it gets to the mid-70s, they, the U.S. Air Force experiments on the low-income neighborhoods of St. Louis. They aerosolize radioactive cadmium and they spray it through planes, but then they also outfit rooftops with sprayers and even station wagons. And they're going through low-income, black neighborhoods. They're spraying radioactive substances to see how many children will die from it. I mean, that's the kind of experimentation we have on our own people through our own government. And just little things like that is enough truth to make you scratch your head and say, hold on one second, there's fluoride in my freaking tap water. You know, you can start to put the pieces together yourself. You don't have to know all the answers. Let's let's unpack a lot of this stuff. I, I really enjoy when you go so many different places in one statement. But in the 1970s, we saw this explosion of airplane hijackings and Boeing created as a consequence, a technology to remotely control those planes. That's why I'm always mad questioning the 9-11 story with the hijackers, with box cutters commanding those planes. I don't believe those planes crashed in the World Trade Center and the Pentagon, but that's a different show. I'm thinking of the titanium engines you're referencing, and I'm thinking I never saw other than a small hole but the titanium engines would have con you know, completely eradicated that building if we believed that that plane was flying just a few feet from the ground, which is absolute bunk. But are logic and objectivity dead or are they just sleeping? Because I'm thinking people see all the checkered skies, multiple planes flying in this strange pattern, multiple all day long. And the next day, Nothing, but you see these fluffy clouds, almost like if they took a break the next day. Because people say, oh, Mel, those are the routes. Those are the commercial airliners. What, did they take a break the next day? That alone should convince people to at least question the narrative, Matt. Okay, so humanity has been very well hypnotized. And the answer to a lot of your questions is the compartmentalization of everything. So Edward Bernays... Again, I wish yes. that these characters were actually um, 
working for the good of humanity. But it seems that the corporate the, the corporate uh, element of society and the technocratic like merger of corporation and and government and all this all these nefarious out to get the common man um, these nefarious organizations seem to have like hired the the brilliant minds of our past few generations and it's it seems like that the these potential good minds have been kind of compromised so the nephew of sigmund freud was edward bernays and edward bernays created these slogans and different marketing campaigns to really target the senses and the taste buds and like literally our emotions through marketing and whatnot when before it wasn't done so perfectly before so he even put the idea of fluoride in the water and bacon on breakfast and um, no offense to bacon lovers, but also tobacco. He marketed that. And, and, and one thing that he did was create the slogan, trust the specialist. And, and he put the white coats on the doctors and all of a sudden everything has become compartmentalized. You know, the slogan, I'm not a rocket scientist. That alone is a marketing slogan to compartmentalized everybody put everybody in a little box and and i'm a specialist in this and i don't think about anything outside of my box but what i've learned as an activist is you have to learn to wear many hats in as a human as a human being you have to learn to wear many hats you can't go to the grocery store without being in this day and age you can't go to the grocery store without being essentially a nutritionalist of some sort or you're going to get poisoned I'm sorry, it's just the fact. Okay, so that alone opens up, well, I, I didn't go to school. I'm not a nutritionalist. Well, I'm educated enough that I've gotten to the point that I pretty much am. I've read ingredients for the past 20 years, and I know what's poisonous because it does this to my body, and I avoid certain ingredients, you know? I mean, you start to learn as an activist, you honor, you honor truth with integrity as an activist. You start to learn what sugar does and what these different ingredients do to you. Just like that, you don't just pass the buck to the meteorologist. You don't just pass the buck to someone else and say, oh, well, they they dictate the weather. I'm not that. And I'll just – no, you get to learn things because everything has been hijacked. You know, it every, everything has. They, they're putting fluoride in our tap water. Not in my community, thank God, but in a lot of communities. And that alone could be – an activation, empowering, inspiring trigger for a, one, a, a potential activist to step up to your community, get some signatures, and tell people what's going on. Drinking fluoridated water that goes right by your two teeth and into your stomach and kills your gut bacteria and lowers your IQ has nothing to do with tooth decay. It doesn't. It has a lot to do with dumbing down the population. And once you see one little piece of the puzzle, you can start to realize, wait a second, I, I might not be a nutritionalist or a meteorologist or like I have to become like an electrical engineer learning about all this EMF and, and starting an EMF company. But there's all these other aspects of things that I've learned that I have to wear many hats because being an activist encompasses so many different things. For instance, I'm not just going to recommend or take a child in to get 
um, different medications or vaccinations or anything like that without doing my research. And then I'm empowering myself. I might consult a doctor, but I, once I read the ingredients and know what does what and what's what and what have you, I make decisions on my own based on my own scientific method, my own discernment, the cultivation of my own discernment, like listening to my heart and my gut and trusting myself. And as an activist, you start to learn how to like ask yourself and learn and, and really find the truth because what are you going to do? Ask Google. I, I can't even find out if Coca-Cola is healthy or unhealthy on Google. Now there's Coca-Cola funded studies saying that Coca-Cola is more hydrating than water. And it comes up <laughs> in the top really? of Google search because they pay, they pay them. And this is based on a, a human study where the, the people drank water and Coca-Cola and then they urinated less Coca-Cola. So they must be retaining more Coca-Cola, therefore more hydrated. It's all bogus science, but science is is just a twisted word now for popular consensus and that is even a twisted word for who got bought really so so to answer um to answer your question you know it's it's we have to trust ourselves and we can literally learn anything you know, we, we might tell ourselves, oh, this is my specialty, X, Y, Z. But no, the, the, the Einsteins of the world, like, you're, I'm sorry, but there's so many hijackings of things to make you feel like you're not powerful, that you have to be this button pusher, that you're not that smart because someone came up with the theory of relativity and it's all beyond you and they're smarter than you and all this nonsense. It's not true. We're actually evolving very smart, intelligent, spiritual beings. And as time goes on, we're actually getting way smarter than all those, our predecessors. And we have to honor that and really be able to see it for ourselves. So you ask like, how can, is, is, is logic and discernment dying? And and how do people like look at the skies and not see it? They're not honoring themselves. They really deep down, you know, they don't think that they're smart enough to figure any of it out on their own, but you can, like just start growing your own food and you realize that you learn bit by bit by bit by bit and you don't have to give that power away. But they want you to not have the power. When I was 34 years old and I had worked like 40 jobs and I had finally gotten a master's in business, graduated top of my class, and I left the office, got a job on the farm. Day one, I learned potatoes grow potatoes. That very simple fact was so empowering to me. My potatoes have been trying to grow in my closet and in my pantry, and nobody told me. Why not? Why didn't my parents or my my upbringing or any of the education or anything, it was because it was indoctrination. They didn't want me to have that simple fact because that's empowering. I can grow food on my own if I know this thing, you know? But they want me to think, oh, I'm not a farmer. I'm going to pass the buck and rely on someone else. Just learning that there's all these different varieties of apples. I thought there were five types of apples. I never thought there were thousands. I never thought there was more than one type of lemon. I'm 35 years old. I thought I knew everything. And I thought there was one variety of lemon on earth. The fact that I didn't know that means that I wasn't told it for a reason. It's to keep me in check, keep me not thinking for myself and to keep me um, basically compartmentalized and not owning how much I can know on my own. It's just a, it's an empowerment thing. Once you start to, to really embrace knowledge and truth and wisdom, there's really no stopping us. But if you have to rely on your doctor and go to the dentist and he's like, oh, well, you got to pull your tooth and here, use this mouthwash. Once I learned what coconut oil did to my mouth and I rinsed with coconut oil and stopped rinsing with toxic mouthwash, my 
literal gut bacteria change and I can digest food and I never got a cavity again and I empowered myself with knowledge and I didn't wait for the dentist or whoever to tell me how to think and what to feel and how to embrace the knowledge that I already knew. But isn't this part of science? You have to observe, you have to question, you have to replicate what you've done with your health, what I've done with my health, and I've repeated it so many times. I just want to repeat one more time what happened to me last year. I had this infection on this right side of my face. This is before COVID started hitting here. And I went to the doctor and my dentist said, hey, by the way, you have an infection there. You need to uh, uh, go and get a root canal. So here you go. Go to another doctor. Go to the other doctor. And he says, nope, this is not a root canal. This is an extraction. You have a a, a broken tooth and a uh, you have a, a perforated bone that's going to go, the infection is going to go through your brain. You might die. All this fear running, you know, and then, and you're not going to be able to get an implant because now with COVID, they only do extractions. So I had my appointment done for the following day and I decided to do a lot of research, a lot of research. And I said, you know, cancel that appointment. Long story short, I was able to find my own way of taking care of it. My, my tooth is no longer broken, believe it or not. I have no pain and I didn't need an extraction. So I had friends who were surgeons, surgeons, dentists, who said to me, oh, that tooth is dead. You need to go and do it or you're going to suffer the consequences. And now they can't explain. They can't explain how I was able to do it. So you mentioned Edward Bernays, the father of modern propaganda. I believe he's probably one of the most infamous names we use on this program. But it's worth to repeat that not only was Edward Bernays Sigmund Freud's nephew, but he was also the great uncle of Mark Bernays Randolph the founder of Netflix. So I repeat this almost all the time. When you're watching Netflix, really do it with a very objective mind and remove what you think doesn't make sense because it is part of the propaganda. You knew that, I presume. I don't know if I've heard that one, but just scrolling through Netflix and, and hearing what you say, um, which I'm not on there all the time or anything. It's just like a part of society and culture, knowing what Netflix is. Right. I can't um, help but but see it right there, written in plain sight, now that you mention it. And by the way, also peer review, you hear that old word all the time. I don't think we'll have a lot of new scientific discoveries because every everything has to be peer-reviewed by the experts. What if you and I discover something that could revolutionize the world? And then they're going to bring their peer-reviewed people and say, nope, this is not peer-reviewed and gone. It's all part of academia, Matt. Well, that's how they're getting away with uh, geoengineering or the idea, the concept of geoengineering. They own the peers. The peers are them. They are the peers. So to say, oh, that can't get peer-reviewed and that can they are them. <laughs> so that's like the dialogue is just, don't like, let's just say it for what it is. It's, I mean, peers is just not, I mean, their peers is not our peers. So right now, the, the, in the media, they're running around with this idea of geoengineering and should they do it and can they do it? And the science says that if, you know, if we can, maybe we should act. And well, we're all under the consensus that the earth is heating and they've hijacked. It's, it's this like, basically they want to polarize an argument that we aren't even in. 
like they say, oh, they, we, we all agree that the sea levels are rising, that there's drastic action that needs to take place because of man-made anthropogenic global warming. So should we geoengineer? Yes or no? And then they start this polarized argument on should we geoengineer? Yes or no? Meaning should we spray an artificial cloud level layer of maybe aluminum is what they essentially want to do. They, in, in this like dumbing down of it to simplify it and explain it to the public and the children, they say they want to spray mirrors in space but they don't think they can get the mirrors to float. And they say they want to do diamond dust in the atmosphere to reflect the, the light back in space, but the diamonds are really expensive. So they think they might use aluminum dust, you know, but the aluminum, it's been coming up in the rainwater and in the, in the patents for geoengineering and weather modification for decades. Like we all know people that are in the know that have done the research that have tested the rainwater that are doing the studies on the trees and the soil and Rosalind Peterson who is reporting to the UN, the UN through the Department of Agriculture who who just recently died she was well aware of the levels of the geoengineering components and how they matched exactly to the patents on the years that the patents even came out and they're in the soils they're toxifying the soils the soils the people that know are in the know and we know already that they've been spraying these certain constituents and that they're very harmful but science will tell you that they're doing the research now to see what works best to dim the sun because we all know we need to dim the sun i mean it's so backwards and upside down that that maybe science just needs to be completely thrown out the window i mean there's so many aspects of things that are not addressed and I know you probably don't want to give out medical advice or anything like that, but I hope that you maybe got some ozone therapy in your mouth because I hear that that's amazing. I also love oil pulling and what have you. I'll even do uh, drops of iodine in my mouth, and that's a new thing in my life is iodine. There's so many different things that you don't hear about through the medical mafia because they want return customers, and it's just it's just so upside down I can't even – I can't even express it. But one thing that no one has heard about that I'd like to talk about is the potential correlation to the rollout of 5G and people getting sick. Because what happened was, and this is just a theory, and what science is in my world is theories that are tested and tested and tested and tested. And I won't even say a theory aloud until I've tested it 100 times over, you know, as much as I can. But eventually, things statistically, it's basically science is statistics. Once you really can, can analyze statistics, you can understand numbers to a degree that you know you're basically coming to a 99% threshold of statistical significance, you know, and you learned basically through percentage statistics and significance that it goes past correlation onto causation based on just numbers you know is it corollary is it causal well you know it was hot today and that or like cows are farting like like cows are farting and the the, the planet is supposedly heating up so therefore cows farting must be the planet heating up no that's correlation that's not causal it cannot be necessarily proven oh but wait they say that this is a greenhouse gas and cats and the cows are farting the greenhouse gas Look, that's not provable 
the stats are not like I know numbers well enough to that it's a corollary thing. You can say every time the sky is blue, my car breaks down. It's a correlation. It might not be causal. Let's look at the numbers in more depth. Okay. And so for me, I've I'm getting beyond corollary and almost to causal in the in this situation. So what happened is is I make these silver lined foam bags. It's a Faraday bag. Um, Michael Faraday created these Faraday cages where you don't get any um, cell reception or any radio waves inside these boxes. And then they've been made into these little bags. You can drop your phone in it and you don't get tracked. You don't get any service. Um, I even sent you one, Mel. I think I sent you the new leather one with the magnet on top. Um, And I'm excited about getting those out. So also the silver material, it works really well as a hat or whatever because it's showcased in the phone bag because once you put your phone inside it doesn't get any service so that material can be utilized to protect your heart or in in the underwear or the shorts the shirts or whatever which i have at sparrowprotectionclothing.com please check out some of this new innovative clothing to protect from especially pregnant women and babies and all this stuff so here's the story and then i'll see what you think about this last spring my phone bags stopped working. They had been working for a couple years. There's other companies that had been selling my exact phone bags and those phone bags worked all around the world. People dropped their phones into the bags, iPhone, Samsung, you name it. You close the top of the bag and the phone does not get service. Well, all of a sudden last March, so about a year and a half ago now, March, 2020, my customers were calling me saying, hey, Matt, I'm in Fort Lauderdale. Hey, Matt, I'm in Flint, Michigan. Hey, Matt, I'm in Los Angeles. These different customers. I've got your phone bag. I've had it for months or years or I'm a new customer, whatever they may be. The phone bags were working just fine. And all of a sudden, they weren't anymore working. Their phones are just getting phone calls inside the bag. And so I was dumbfounded. I couldn't figure it out. And eventually I just decided I'm going to make double layer bags. Now I make double layer bags, two layers of the silver fabric, and they work perfectly fine. And I reimbursed everybody, gave them foam bags that were double layered, and now their bags work great, and everything's all gravy. Everything's great. Everybody's happy. So what happened there? I didn't really know. I couldn't put it together. Then an old friend contacted me from back home where I grew up in Virginia. He works in D.C., and he told me about his experience with COVID. He said he got really sick. And I said, well, I'm very curious about that because I don't really know what's going on with that. Seems like there's a lot of different stories. What's the real story with it all? He tells me, well, it was weird. I didn't really get a fever. I didn't show any signs of a, signs of a normal virus or anything. But I did get this weird brain fog and I couldn't go to work for a week. And I lost my sense of taste for a couple of weeks. And that's a common symptom of this COVID is loss of sense of taste. Well, I read the book recently, The Invisible Rainbow by Arthur Furstenberg. I was just going to mention that to you. I was just going to mention yes. that. Yes. I've been doing a little research because I'm curious, you know, what is, what is the deal? What is going on? And is it possible that this, there's a correlation at least between Phones emitting a lot more radiation to the to the point that they're penetrating those phone bags and people getting sick. So once you start to learn about 5G, what 5G is, it's kind of complicated. But at the end of the day, it's really not that complex. 5G is utilizing a whole new carrier wave. It's a new spectrum, a whole new broadband spectrum. Okay. So before 4G and 3G and these 
phones. They were shooting out their data, their text messages, and their phone calls on this um, on this radio frequency, this radio wave. That if you were to measure the size of it, it was rather large, and it can go quite far, like miles. Okay. Well, as you make the radio waves that you carry the data on smaller, like Wi-Fi can't go that far. It can only go like a block, right? It's because it's much smaller than 4G or 3G. It's still utilizing radio waves to carry data. It's just a smaller wave, meaning you can get more oscillations per second. You can carry more data. So 5G is just a much, much smaller wave. It's measured in millimeters. It can range from like a millimeter to a hand, like eight millimeters in, in size to measure it. But because the measurement, and then you're measuring from peak to peak, like if you see a wave and you measure just the tops of each one, the distance between peaks, because they're, it's so small, you can carry a lot of data. Well, because it's so small, it can't go very far. So in a 5G network, you have to have this internet of things. Um, basically, you have to have these cell towers and smart meters and smartphones working together to push around the signal. This 5G signal supposedly can only go like 500 feet, but I guess some carriers say it can go up to 2,000 feet. Little, like whether or not it can go 500 feet or 2,000 feet doesn't really matter. It cannot go very far, and what it does is it absorbs into things that it hits. It absorbs into trees, people, uh, even leaves on trees even like grass and rain and, and buildings and stuff. Previous technology like Wi-Fi or 4G or AM radio waves or FM radio waves, these, this technology goes through everything it hits and it just keeps on going. But now this technology needs your phone to keep pushing the signal along basically. So the phones act, they act as repeaters. So they're basically little repeater cell towers now and the phones are on a new spectrum, and they're pushing the 5G signal around. So your phone is helping push everybody's signal along to the next cell tower, which is likely within a couple hundred or, or a thousand feet or something if they put in the infrastructure, put in the network properly. So one of the hotspots for COVID at first was LA, and LA is a 5G rollout city. And I don't think it was like 5G got turned on and it made everyone sick because of the cell towers. I think that the phones started emitting like 10 to 20 times more radiation because they were on a new spectrum. And some people couldn't handle it. Maybe they were um, not very healthy or maybe they had their phones on them all the time or maybe they just got the new iPhone 11. Whatever it may be, there's so much radiation coming off the phones once they started turning on the 5G infrastructure that I think people got sick and I think that it may have been misdiagnosed. So one symptom of radio wave or rather um, radiation sickness, a symptom of radiation sickness is loss of taste. So what would happen if these phones are emitting a lot more radiation and someone was getting sick from it, their bodies would adjust, but they would show these weird symptoms at first, you know, but you got your phone on you the whole time, your body's just going to adjust. So I asked my friend who lost his taste and had brain fog, I asked him, well, what kind of phone do you have out of curiosity? Because a lot of people with iPhones especially are telling me that their phone bags don't work and whatever. And he said, well, what's interesting is me and my wife just got the new iPhone 11. And then we came down with the symptoms. But he doesn't think they're correlated. And I think that maybe they are correlated and it may, be even, it may even go beyond correlation to causation, to being causal if you really look at the numbers and all of it. But that's just 
a thought, you know, I mean, if COVID is real, maybe people's immune systems are just being bogged down by the new radio waves in their life. And maybe then they're being more susceptible to it. I'm not a virologist or anything like that. I have been reading a lot more on Boochamp and Pasteur and taking education into my own hands. And I mean, everybody's now becoming, you know, a scientist in this field, what have you, just to decipher it all. At the end of the day, we just have to know that real eyes will eventually realize the real lies. We just have to keep honoring the truth, plugging along and digging and knowing that we will find the truth and we have to keep shining that light for the next generation. You know, if we don't keep digging and seeking and and shining that truth, then what are the kids going to have as an example, right? They have to see us doing it to know that it can be done again, right? I was going to mention Arthur Fistenberg's book, The Invisible Rainbow, incredible information and the connections that he makes. And when you look back in time, Allegedly, we're told that we invented electricity. I think electricity has been around for longer than that, perhaps in a different way to disseminate uh, across the world. But the one that we know today, it was in the 1890s, but it really became uh, something in the early 1900s. And that's when people started getting sick about certain things. And then what do we get in the 1920s? Radio. You know, they, 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 they public radio started again. People start getting sick. And then you go forward in the 60s, in the 80s, we get the cell towers. And all of a sudden we get this, you know, increase of the major diseases of civilization, heart disease, diabetes, cancer. And they're all, according to Fistenberg, this is large part related to the pollution of our world by electricity. But it's interesting what you're saying, because my wife and I get the iPhone 11, and I don't mean to give uh, uh, advertising to them, but we just did last year. And uh, I never like to talk about my personal life or my health unless it's going to help people. But I'll just go ahead and say it. I got the alleged COVID last year. We were out of the country and uh, it lasted for about five days. Then I came home and immediately, because I didn't take it with me, I took my, can't say the name, but folks who are listening, you know, encode my water purification products and immediately knocked it out in 24 hours. But interesting that what you're saying about the loss of sense of smell, because I've heard that if you introduce some metallic particles in your body, part of that stops part of your brain that detects the smell, the sense of smell, the sense of taste is gone. If you have certain metallic particles that hit your brain, your nervous system, what do you know about graphene, graphene oxide? Well, okay. So it's interesting. All what you said is a lot. Well, graphene oxide is a, is a toxic heavy metal, but what's interesting that you mentioned is the, one thing that the news and all the powers that be don't talk about is environmental toxins. And that's what Arthur Furstenberg in the, in the book highlights, is the environment. What's more logical, that people are reacting to their environment or, or not? You know what I mean? And an increase in radiation in one's environment will be noticed by especially people that are, are susceptible or more... Uh, closer to the the radiation, all radiation is subject to the inverse square law. The inverse square law applies to sound. It also applies to light. And radiation is essentially light. It is light. It's just light that we can't see. So distance is your friend. The, the further you get away, it's inversely exponential. So the further you get away from like a loud noise, a horn, 
it falls off how like loud the horn is. Same with light and same with radiation. The further you get away from the source of radiation, the less bright it is, the less you're impacted by it, for instance. So with all these toxins in our environment, as you increase the EMF radiation, there's so many studies on this, and there's even the naval research studies, uh, thousands of them. One of them especially studied the blood-brain barrier by putting uh, ink in the brains of rats and then exposing the, the rats to even low-level EMF. And low-level EMF and EMF in general, it causes blood-brain barrier breakdown, blood-brain barrier leakage, and the rats being exposed, exposed to the radiation, they release the um, toxins of the ink into their bloodstream. So basically from the brain into the bloodstream and the bloodstream to the brain, this ink was pervading because of the EMF uh, breaking down the blood-brain barrier. So there's these toxins, like, I'm not sure, is the graphene, is that coming from, supposedly it's in the brains of the people in Europe, especially, and it's coming from, they claim it's coming from brake pads, but it's, I don't think it really is. So what happens is you get these environmental toxins and they can put it in the air, they can put it in the water, and the food, and the elephant in the room or the canary in the coal mine are those that are exposed to things that environmentally you get these toxins right but then you're exposed to the last thing the straw that breaks the camel's back uh the fluoride that escorts the toxins into your brain or the emf fields that break down the blood barrier and let the graphene oxide into your brain or the unhealthy diet you know when you talk about terrain theory and what have you or you really break down your immune system and all of a sudden you're compromised and all these you know you have this toxic overload because you've already got all those toxins in your system but the people that are out there living healthy and maybe mitigating their the radiation levels and what have you, they're they're not showing the same exact symptoms because they are in the same environment. They have the same environmental toxins, but they don't have the overload that the other people are getting because they're not taking into consideration maybe GMO foods or toxic hand sanitizers or you know they're sleeping with their phone next to their head and they don't even realize what's going on. The, lastly, the biggest problem with all of this. Just like Furstenberg said, these environmental toxins, all of it's invisible. And the powers that be say, don't worry, we're in charge. It's invisible, it's harmless. It's harmless, it's invisible. It's invisible, it's harmless. The radiation off your phone, the radiation off your smart meter, the dirty electricity off the power lines, the radiation off of the cell tower, the radiation off of the small cell tower for the 5G infrastructure, don't worry, it's invisible, it's harmless. But if you take the research into your own hands, they're basing everything off of a 1996 telecommunications act through bill clinton that gives the telecom companies they it gives them basically immunity to all of it saying that you can't talk about health when you're trying to challenge the fcc and the cell companies but it's all based on 1996 when when, come on, the radiation levels were hardly anything. We hardly had cell phones at that time. We definitely didn't have smart meters on every house, and it's just a different world. So taking a step back, tell me, what is the graphene oxide? What, did I nail it? Was it? Is it the articles that are talking about it coming off of the um, brake pads and it's causing Alzheimer's and dementia? Well, that it's, uh, there are many reports out there, but mainly it's the, the people who get the V. And uh, mm. some people say it's normal to have some metallic particles because – uh, you know, the V's are infused with certain metallic particles. I, I don't know why, but that's the way it is. You know, they used to have uh, mercury. Now they have graphene oxide. 
but they're saying that it's only on the arm. And you see some people putting spoons on their arm. But I've also seen videos of people putting metal, you know, metals throughout their body. So I wonder, Matt, if, if chemtrails, we know it's a multifaceted project all the way from Project Cloverleaf. But I think one of its most primordial functions is to make our atmosphere more conductive. And if 5G was, and you said this today, by the way, and if 5G was not designed for humans, it was designed for machines, if that's the case, then the V could be the catalyst. The many people displaying magnetism in their bodies, not only in their arm, but everywhere. Could this be a way for that those metals to get into the brain so if you activate 5G or whatever technology is out there in preparation to control the masses, could this be it? You take the atmosphere and you make it more conductive and then you get the catalyst. You turn on these towers that are probably, what is it, every 200 meters or maybe even less, and then you change people's behaviors? Well, yes. And if you look into transhumanism and see the direction that this Agenda 2030 wants to go with an AI technocracy, you can start to see the writing on the wall. So people like to ask, does an aluminized, metallicized atmosphere or even the air at ground level with all this pervasive EMF and the chemtrails in conjunction with the two, would that help a 5G uh, bandwidth be more pervasive and, and um, work everywhere if this, if this air was metallicized? And the answer is yes, a more conductive air and that 5G could push on way further because it can ride that current. Okay, so if the air was more conductive and there's towers everywhere, could different frequencies be utilized to manipulate mine, the minds of certain towns or brainwaves of certain towns? Yes, definitely. Is that part of the agenda? Most likely, yes. So what is the transhumanism reality? And, and you know, like, why would they want to do that? Well, it all comes down to greed and evil and and dis dismantling our spiritual evolution, maybe, and controlling us, and all these other things. You know, you can get esoteric or not, but it's controlling the future children. You know, they don't want us to get control, right? They like their grip. They like being in control of the world, the new world order, nefarious. Um, I don't want to call them people. Those in charge, right? And a and a new world order, transhumanism, dystopia. I like to look at all these films that project it through Demolition Man or Total Recall and all these other what-have-yous where people are getting chips in their brains and it lines up with Elon Musk and his um, <laughs> Neuralink program and even his Mars explorations that may even just be chips in the brain and no one's ever going anywhere. Well, what does this transhumanism like dystopia look like? Well, if people started to become more metallicized and yeah, definitely you could start to control them more with frequency if they have these metals and even nanotech technology in their brains that can be activated through 5G frequencies. But I don't think it's even as covert as you think. The, the people that are lining up to get this experimentation done with these new Vs, as you called it, okay, they're, these things are not FDA approved, which is already mind blowing. 
but they already say you have to come get the updates. This is going to basically be running your immune system. And if you look at the Time magazines of the recent and the recent past, it's all this talk of basically a nano hijacking of your immune system that we need to start controlling through nanotech and nanobots and nano um, technology. Like if you just look at this mRNA alteration and these protein spikes, it's technology. Okay, so the idea, like the 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 joking idea that Bill Gates is behind all of this, and you're going to have to go and get your viral updates just like Microsoft. Well, they want you to think that your immune system is is primitive, <laughs> essentially, and that science has the tech for you. And if you just take this pill and get this injection, it's literally a nanotech update they're not injecting us like it's not even these old like what's, what blows my mind is it's not the old version of how we even conceive these things you isolate a certain like flu and then you get injected with it and then your immune response to it no we're getting they the people that are lining up for this are getting nanotechnology injections that can recognize certain things and tell your immune system what to do because it is just not smart enough to stick up for itself and people are going to need these updates and yeah it's it's a it's i think it's part of the disclosure but also people are lining up to to sign their lives away to become this transhuman reality out of fear but they're but, but they're being injected with nanotech already so are we already there it seems like it you know a slippery slope to to get to a point where people have robotic um in inserts and memory chips and robotic eyes and all these other things but we're getting slippery slope to it with especially with this administration i think everything no offense to the trans community but a lot of the covert trans pushings are just to push a transhuman yeah. acceptance in the end you know yeah, it has nothing to do with the, the trans women or trans men. It has everything to do with transitioning into the merger of <laughs> synthetic humans is what I'm trying to say. I think we're going from a carbon-based life form to a silicon-based life form. But let's discuss this when we come back because there's a lot, a lot to cover with this. Matt, again, you are working on on Frankenstein's 2. Tell me about Sparrow and the EMF protection clothing and everything else you'd like to discuss before we come back on the break. Sounds good. Um, are we we're taking a break right now? No, just tell me. Tell me more. Just let me give people your coordinates, your links, and so on, and then we'll take a break. Oh, terrific. Yes. Yeah, so Sparrow, I thought I would have to reinvent the wheel, but after traveling to Asia, I learned that this has been existing this technology uh, protecting pregnant women with woven silver fabric and protecting um, men that want to conceive with woven silver underwear and even infants this has been going on for decades it's just that when we try to look it up over here it's censored you know we're not going to be told by google that verizon phones produce so much emf that maybe you should protect yourselves from it or get texting gloves because i have texting gloves for people that are electrosensitive and their hands are starting to vibrate holding these phones but in asia it's common practice and in china 
I couldn't fact check this 100%, but it's common thought by the culture, by the social norms in China, that it is a law that you have to wear these garments during certain trimesters to protect your children as they're developing in the womb from EMF radiation. It's common practice. And these silver aprons are worn. So once I learned I wasn't reinventing the wheel, such a relief. The company name is Sparrow. It's Latin for hope or I hope. And that's the hope to bring hope to the next generation. That's that's what I'm trying to do. So Sparrow Gear, S-P-E-R-O Gear on Instagram or SparrowGear.com brings you back to SparrowProtectionClothing.com. But check it out. Even just um, understanding that that fabric or technology exists so that when people say, oh, well, is there any protection from this? That you can say, actually, there is, you know, and you can... You can sl- slip your phone in this bag or wear the apron when you're pregnant and and maybe, just maybe, there'll be fertility in the future because I do think that the transhumanism reality is based on a nightmare where there is very little fertility out of people in the next generation, which I think has to do a lot with the V in conjunction with the 5G and maybe after people have these certain nanobots inside them maybe they'll be activated by the 5G and maybe nobody will be able to have kids after that but I definitely see a wave in infertility and if people protect themselves they may be able to um, create the next generation that is not synthetic synthetic robots and what have you so please follow me on Facebook as well Matt Landman I know I get censored over there and I just got thrown in Facebook jail but I do keep the information and truth flowing and I'm kind of like a resource where people send me stuff and I can disseminate it to the rest of the world and actualactivists.com I have a truth booth blog on there a daily truth blog and I've been dropping videos on there since I got my YouTube channel pulled so I'm dropping a lot of information on there it's a one-stop resource for truth and I look forward to talking more after the break wonderful we're going to dissect a lot of this we're going to talk about pregnancies miscarriages a lot of information that I'm getting and by the way that situation that happened to to you and your pouches uh, your EMF pouches that seems to be an Arthur Furstenberg moment what you mentioned about the March 2020 that's probably when the non-isolated alleged virus made it here and uh, by the way we're having Dr. Andrew Kaufman again in the next few days to discuss all of this because it's been a year and we haven't seen this alleged virus being isolated so what else what could this be and I just got a video from a Mexican MD, a doctor, who so concisely and superbly stated what this is and might be able to share you with you some information when we come back. This is Bill Hoslerick. My special guest today is Matt Landman. So much more when we come back. You're listening to Veritas. Thank you for listening to the first part of this important Veritas interview. To listen to the rest and all of our material, proceed to the member section or join the Veritas family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. You can make your purchase with a credit card, PayPal, cash, check, money order, and even cryptocurrency. We are now accepting Bitcoin, Litecoin, and Ethereum. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for Focus Life Force Energy, MMS, CBD Pure Hemp Oil, Pure Organic Sulfur, flash drives with all our Sanitas and Veritas seasons, and other great products. And if you're listening on YouTube, like, subscribe, and share it. 
and click the bell to be notified when new interviews are available. Now, proceed to the members section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Thank you for listening to Veritas. Because you don't want to believe. You want to know.